Hello and well. Hello and welcome to The Dish, a Connectivity Business News podcast. My name is Madeline Durrett, Senior Associate Editor at Connectivity Business News, and today we're speaking with Josh Cryer, President and CEO of Reticulate Micro, which recently established a new space segment. Josh, thanks so much for joining me today. Thank you. So Reticulate Micro debuted a new technology this week called Vesper. Will you elaborate for our readers on how this works? Yeah, Vesper is a super secure client server based system. Uh, It's built on our Vision OS platform and it's designed to remotely monitor and control SATCOM terminals and SATCOM terminal ecosystems from a single pane of glass from a network operations center. Uh, It provides a unique blend of provisioning and flexibility and real-time monitoring to ensure that our customers can deliver resilient and reliable communications um, for military applications and civilian applications alike. And why is real-time monitoring so important, especially in military applications? Well, it's important because if there's a problem with your system, you want to be notified as early as possible to to maintain that reliability. For Vesper, we're able to remotely monitor at a very granular level the health and status of subsystem components for SATCOM terminals. So this could be the high-powered amplifier, it could be the modem, it could be an actuator of some type or the antenna control unit. And if there's a problem with one of those subsystem components that could potentially impact communications, a network operations center needs to know that as soon as possible. It's also provisioned to support future uh, capabilities for uh, 
for power uplink control, adaptive coding and modulation, and variable coding and modulation to counter or, or mitigate potential environmental uh, problems, like if there are rain fade concerns, uh, they're going to have a storm that might impact communications, or if, if they might even encounter jamming from the enemy. And they need to counter that in some form or fashion. So it not only provides that the health and status of those systems uh, from the physical considerations of the terminal ecosystems, but also those environmental factors that might impact, negatively impact military communications. So it's another tool in the tool bag for those network operators to make sure that they, they can re re uh, deliver reliable communications to the military. Thank you. And then Reticulate Micro also has a vast product that I was lucky enough to demo today that's really interesting. And how does it kind of serve a little bit as a blueprint for Vesper? Vast is pretty important. Uh, obviously, we, th we think it is <laughs> because we're delivering high quality. Uh, we enable the, de the delivery of high quality video uh, over any transport, uh, even down to kilobits per second size transports. And so imagine for us, a, a target goal of our technology is to be able to send live video over UHF TACSAT. That's uh, a widely proliferated uh, means of communication for the military. It's typically very secure as well with modernized crypto implementations. So that allows uh, our customers to be able to see HD video over any transport. And there are some caveats, of course, on what that looks like. Uh, we're gonna deliver the best video possible because uh, they might get jammed or maybe a connection goes down and they need to switch to another connection. Some of those things are unavoidable. But we contend that our, our vast encoder technology is able to deliver that high quality video no matter what. So regardless of the communications environment, it can provide that, that video capability. Uh, for us, we, we've built Vision OS to support VAST. Vision OS is our highly modular management platform. So if a customer, let's say they were to buy 1,200, 2,000, 5,000 of our video encoders, well, it's a, it's a difficult task to provision those and set them up and configure them and manage updates with people to go out there and, and maybe having to touch each one of them. So this allows us to remotely ma manage and monitor and configure those, our vast video encoders that, that would be installed throughout a customer's enterprise network. So we've taken that Vision OS that was designed to support VAST, and we've now pivoted that to support uh, SATCOM management systems, which is what we call our VESPER platform. So Vision OS was, again, designed to be highly modular from a software perspective to deliver a bespoke experience to customers without, without really uh, making them having to pay a lot of money to make that happen, right? So uh, I think some of our competing systems, the competition that, that's out there, they, there's a ton of great solutions out there, but typically they're, uh, they're cost prohibitive to implement because uh, they, they can be expensive to tailor and customize to specific user requirements. Our system is designed to avoid that uh, by, by nature. And then any, if, if one implementation of Vision OS receives an update or an upgrade, we're able to bring that over to other customers as well so they can enjoy the benefits of enhancements without having to pay for it. Thank you. And are you able to kind of elaborate on exactly how you're able to save customers on costs and what makes your system different from competitors' technologies. Right, so most, uh, we would say most of our competitors, they're using hardware that's mostly aligned with their specific software implementation. And typically that leads to a proprietary implementation where 
if customers want a new capability or they want a new feature, uh, they have to pay a lot of money to make that happen. And it's understandable. Uh, most of these companies are, are geared towards uh, those types of revenue models, right, where um, they're looking for the follow-on recurring funds uh, to support the software, the software support and development activities. Uh, and they don't necessarily also cascade those developments across uh, their entire customer base. Uh, because of our approach and because of this modular and high reuse approach on the software, we're not necessarily charging customers for those upfront costs or those recurring residual costs. Although that is part of our model, you know, we are in business and we do, um, we have to make money for our future shareholders. Um, we we are uh, we want to make sure that our customers are getting the best value possible, and so we're able to pass on those savings to our customers uh, with lower upfront costs and lower uh, recurring costs. Thank you. And then all of your products are also quantum encrypted. Do you foresee probably in the next maybe five years or so that secure communications will need that extra element? Yeah, I we contend that it's needed. It was needed yesterday. Right? <laughs> so there, there may, there's a, a large body of work that's that's showing the potential for uh, hostile uh, actors, whether it's near-peer adversaries for the military or even corporate espionage activities. I mean, th there are different aspects of where where encryption is important, and there's a large body of work that that has shown that um, many of our current encryption methodologies and modalities have been compromised and can be compromised and will be compromised by quantum level computing. It's an entire field. It's a green field. It's kind of an application of technology where there are many unseen and unforeseen risks. And we, we don't know what the future holds there, but we do know that um, our encryption methodologies need to change to counter quantum computing capabilities where let's say uh, an adversary uh, on the battlefield could real time, in real time they could decrypt our communications with some of our current solutions. That's a real possibility, especially for, um, let's, let's say we, the NSA would call them Swoop B or non-type one encryption methodologies. So it's a real concern and the government is taking care of it. So we've really, we've taken a proactive approach to begin implementing quantum resistant encryption methodologies for all of our systems, uh, which, it's premiering in our vast encoder right now. We've, we have preliminary work that's shown that we've been able to successfully implement quantum resistant encryption, and we're transitioning that to our Vision OS platform. So every derivative to include Vesper would benefit from that quantum resistant uh, crypt cryptographic technology implementation. Thank you, and then pivoting back to Vesper, when did the development of Vesper first begin, and what was the most challenging part of the development process? It, for us, the, the most challenging part, uh, I'll, I'll start with that, has been making sure that we are keeping abreast of customers' requirements uh, because they're changing dramatically. They're changing quickly uh, because we're having to flex to changes in the space segment offerings, and, and that's... And an easy one to point to, obviously, is Starlink. Uh, you can, I mean, I think I've got a Starlink here in the office that we we we, we bought from. We bought, I think we bought that one from Starlink, but you can actually buy it at Best Buy or Home Depot now, so everyone can get access to satellite communications. Um, and so this proliferation of low Earth orbit communications and soon to be Kuiper, which we're excited about as well, from Amazon. Uh, there's there's just significant changes in the space segment 
um, offerings in that whole market. So for us, um, I would say it's difficult only because we want to make sure we have the latest information possible to make sure we're delivering the right communication systems to our customers. So that's 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 arguably the intake of that is probably the hardest part. Um, however, our ability to pivot is actually pretty easy because of the, the nature of our system and the way that it's designed. Um, Vesper began uh, really at the beginning of the company. And so our initial draft of Vision OS and what it would be as we were developing it, we quickly realized the potential application for the SACOM industry, uh, along with many other market verticals as well. But because of the expertise makeup of our team, and even our most recent announcements for the reticulate space team, um, that became an area of focus for us early on in the development of Vision OS. And then Vesper, it's designed to allow satellite operators to manage all satellite terminals from one operating dashboard. What are some problems that this technology can help mitigate? Yeah, so many of the other systems that are out there now, um, customers have to interface with different subsystem components. Uh, if they buy a specific modem management ecosystem, they may have to go away from their current dashboard and get into the, the modem management uh, dashboard and then uh, identify individual problems with modem configurations for that. So that's, that's probably the most common uh, problem set for customers that we've received in terms of feedback is the requirement for current systems to go if I've got to get away from a dashboard that's supposed to provide all my content uh, up front to other subsystem dashboards, and that's that's a problem. And so that's one of our one of our focus points to make sure that we we don't force our customers to go back into that type of a situation. Thank you. And what happens in the event of a terminal outage? Can you give us maybe a a worst case hypothetical scenario? Worst case scenario is it's completely dead and dying and, and nobody can access it ever, right? I think certainly uh, that, that is the worst case scenario. Um, our system is designed to be able to provide, we call it external engineering order wire, EOW. And this calls back to the early days of telecom days where they would use external connections or, again, order wires is what they would call them to configure uh, telephone matrix systems and turn telephone systems. Um, so we're able to use any external connection to remotely access a terminal. So if it's primary uh, or secondary means of communication, let's let's just say it is a, a parabolic terminal that's pointing at a specific satellite and it's designed to operate in a single band, uh, we're able to take an employment of vast even our encoder coupled with uh, modem technology to use an external order wire, whether it's cellular or another resilient SATCOM connection, to remotely access the terminal and see uh, potentially what the cause is of the health and status and the failure of that terminal. And uh, in some cases, it may be a catastrophic failure and there's nothing you can do. And perhaps in other cases, it, it could be something as simple as um, maybe an unscrupulous uh, soldier or sailor or somebody that didn't maybe know what they're doing. They changed the configuration settings on a terminal. And so we'd be able to go in and remedy those types of problems uh, to, to fix that. Just like on a computer, kind of. Exactly, <laughs> just like on a computer. That's really interesting. And then how can technologies like Vesper help support the efficiency and security of hybrid networks? Well, I think so it enables the ability to use multiple transports, potentially, 
to ensure the communications um, don't fail. So Vesper could sit between one or multiple terminals in a certain scenario where we're able to monitor the health and status of all these of multiple networks simultaneously and then working with we say transport aggregation and transport bonding technologies to make sure that data can go over the right connection at the right time. So if one or more networks are being jammed or suffering from weather conditions, we can help those other third-party software-defined networking systems um, shape and engineer traffic to make sure the most important data gets to where it needs to go from the edge to another location. That's arguably, I think, one of the one of the coolest features of Vesper is to be able to support those activities. And then Reticulate Micro is planning to begin its initial global customer deployments for Vesper in the second quarter of this year. So without naming any specific names, are you able to provide us with some insight into who these first customers are? And is this a product you expect to be able to deliver at scale? Yes. I'll, I'll start with, again, I'll start with the end and work back to the beginning. So <laughs> the scaling capability is, is, is easy for us because it's software-based. We can run, clearly we want to qualify third-party hardware. If we go to a cruise ship and they want us to use an existing server, we're going to have to make sure that it meets our, the bare minimum requirements for, um, for the system to operate. But it is designed for maximum ubiquity to work on um, a wide variety of hardware offerings. So that, that helps us scale. The fact that it's software-based helps us scale. Um, we do have uh, a good number of teammates on the team to, to support uh, the following support activities that would be expected as there are problems because no deployment is ever perfect, right? So we have the staff in place to support those activities too. Um, as far as customers, so we are looking at, um, again, critical energy infrastructure customers. We're talking to the cruise ship industry through different means and, and exploring proof of concepts with them uh, for immediate implementation. We've been told that many of our customers in that space are, they want to make a decision quickly. So we're excited about that because it means we'll be able to make sales quickly, right? That's that's the whole goal with that. <laughs> uh, bring us into, in, into revenue there. Uh, we do have a number of defense customers that we're not really comfortable about talking uh, about with that because it really, our technology helps solve some difficult problems for them. And so there are some sensitive applications of Vesper for some of those defense customers. And we're excited about that, of course. Uh, and then another potential customer that we're talking to is for, uh, they, they provide electric vehicle uh, charging station technologies. And, and they have plans to, to set up, a, it's, it's a global provider of this technology. So anybody that's not a Tesla, I'm sure Tesla's as well, there are a bunch of options now in the market. Uh, this would provide that same type of health and status monitoring that Vesper delivers for SATCOM terminals. This would deliver that for those electric vehicle charging stations. So that's an early potential pivot for another version of Vision OS or Vesper, if you will, for that too. So, um, and we, we view all of those implementations effectively the same. It's the same product with a slightly different configuration, therefore a different product branding that goes with it. But the underlying core is the same. So we're, we're excited about all those customers, whether it's defense or critical energy infrastructure or the cruise ship industry or now the electric vehicle charging uh, industry as well. So it's all, it's all very exciting. Yeah, that is a, that's a lot of applications. 
But tell me about your mission, because I know that Reticulate Micro is heavily focused on helping the defense sector. Yes, so we are heavily mission focused, and and for us, it's it's not just the end customer, which right now, and I would say continually, they're they're at the forefront of our of our focus, making sure that we deliver products that are very reliable, that deliver the best capability possible, whether it's video encoding or systems management capabilities. Uh, for me personally, uh, the sense of mission comes from my time supporting special warfare. So I, from 2008 to 2017, I worked at Naval Special Warfare Development Group. And that organization focuses on the development of new technologies for, for Navy SEALs and for special operations at large. Uh, they are, they're team players in that sense. So, But the primary focus for that organization is the development of those new technologies to support Naval Special Warfare operations. And I can tell you that a large number of my friends and colleagues, have, they passed away uh, during military operations because I would contend they didn't have the right mix of technologies or they encountered a situation. There's no perfect scenario where had they had better information about a mission uh, going into it or during the mission, they might have survived. So for me, it's very personal uh, because a, a lot of my friends, they're, they're never coming home. Um, and for me, it's a sense, it's a way that I can honor them to make sure that we're developing technologies that have the best reliability deliver the best quality of capability. For us, it's video encoding for VAST and for terminal management or systems management with Vision OS. Um, so that's that's really, for me, and really it's a core driver of our focus for our culture internal to the firm. As I said, a large number of our employees have either supported the military for their career or have been in the military. So this common sense of, of mission for those customers uh, is, is a critical driver for our internal company culture. And I would say equitably as well, you know, since we're going to be going to market here pretty soon with a, with an uh, IPO, with a, our initial public offering, um, anticipated right now at the end of March. We're very excited about that. With that same level of responsibility and stewardship, we carry over to our shareholders and stakeholders. And so for us, we can't have one without the other. They're critically uh, symbiotic. Uh, that sense of mission and focus and being true to our word, delivering capabilities that our, our friends in the military can rely upon will be will drive us to success in the markets. Uh, we're a firm believer in that. So we're all dedicated uh, to that sense of mission uh, here at Reticulate Micro. Thank you. And I know that you've held a lot of leadership roles at Reticulate Micro so far. If you wanted to maybe talk a little about that and maybe let us know what, what was one of the most rewarding moments for you since you joined Reticulate Micro. That's a, that's a difficult question. Um, <laughs> there's so many. There's so many rewarding moments. Uh, so being trusted to, to lead the company certainly uh, is a humbling experience. I, to be honest, I never considered myself to be uh, a CEO type of a person. I've always considered myself a good supporting role type of a person. And, and certainly if there's a leadership vacuum in, in the history of my career, if there was a problem where uh, maybe there we didn't have a leader or uh, I needed someone to step up, I had no problem filling those roles. Uh, but I never really aspired to be a CEO. And the chairman of my board would, would tell would tell you that that's probably why I'm qualified to be the CEO. I, 
I'm not interested in titles in, in that sense. I just want our team to be successful. So that's probably number one, being promoted into the position and being and having the privilege of leading the team here at Reticulate Micro. And second to that would be being able to assemble the team that we have. Um, if you were to look at our, our executive team and every 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 person we've brought in so far uh, just has the highest level of professionalism and experience and alignment to our, our core culture. So for me, it's a privilege to be able to lead many folks that I would end up I would consider myself working for as well. So and that's a, and that's another aspect of our hiring process. I think critical to our culture is uh, I don't hire anybody that I couldn't see myself working for because I can't ask anybody I can't ask new employees to work for them if I can't see myself working for them. That's one of our one of our one of my litmuses anyway for for hiring uh, folks under the company at this point. So um, for me, it's a privilege to lead these leaders that I work with that I can rely upon for um, true and honest and direct feedback. We don't play games. We again that soft soft culture, special operations forces culture of embracing radical honesty and truth telling and. Uh, removing our ego so that we can make sure we get our mission accomplished, which for us is for the customer. So that's probably the two most rewarding things so far is being asked to be in this leader position, leadership position and then being able to bring on a team of leaders to surround myself with um, that are uh, equally committed to the mission of the organization. Thank you. And what are you looking forward to later this year? Well, we, we do have our IPO that we're, it's quickly coming up for us. Uh, so unless things change, which we don't see anything changing, uh, it's looking at the end of March. So we're very excited about this. And we, we filed our S1 uh, publicly in, in, in anticipation of that. And uh, so that's a huge area of focus for us. And it's important for us because we, we've taken a, a path to go with a public offering instead of venture capital, because typically venture capital comes with strings attached. There could be some cash infusion to your organization, but there's typically an inordinate amount of control that the firm wants with the business. So instead of going that route, we've decided to go the public markets route. It's actually a question that we get quite often. Why are you going to market so early? And that's the reason why, because it gives us access to capital without the strings attached um, that come with uh, again, venture capital, uh, typically associated with venture capital. Uh, and at the same time, we have no problem supporting the market and being honest to the market and, and serving those future shareholders and stakeholders, which we see as uh, equal, again, in, in our responsibility to, to be true to, the, to, uh, to them. So that's, uh, that's probably number one, what we're looking forward to in terms of that aspect of our business. And then, of course, getting the product to market and getting it in the hands of customers and, and changing the way that customers can operate to make them more effective in what they do. Uh, the last thing we want our customers when they're on the defense side, whenever they're engaging in warfare, we don't th want them distracted with systems that require a PhD level <laughs> of education to configure and maybe 27 different menus. And uh, it needs to be simple and elegant and super reliable. Uh, so for us, it, it, it's about instilling that trust. So we're we're excited about getting these solutions into the hands of our customers so that they can be more effective at what they do. Yeah, I'm excited to learn more. 
Well, that about wraps up today's episode. Thanks again to Josh Cryer, President and CEO of Reticulate Micro, for the awesome demo and podcast. This has been the Dish Podcast by Connectivity Business News. <laughs>